Hey, how's it going? I'm Alberto. And I'm Ashley. And we want to thank you so much for tuning into the AV Collective Podcast. Now listen, if you are watching on YouTube, we want to thank you for watching. If you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, thank you so much for listening. But now we want to ask you to take a, one more step and go a little bit further. We want you to hold up, wait a minute, and put a comment in it, please. Yes. Do us a favor. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And if it blessed you or helped you in any way, do us another favor. Share it with any of your friends or family, but we'd love to get this message out to as many people as possible. So thank you so much for tuning in. Now, honey, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm really stoked. I'm super stoked. I'm beyond stoked. <laughs> we'll stop right there. But we are so stoked because we are in our brand new location. We are in the Idea Hive here yes. in downtown Bakersfield. This is our first time filming a podcast on this location. Amazing. It's amazing. And our second time doing this pop-up concept where we kind of invite people from the community of the, to come in and be a part of the conversation. So yeah. we actually have a few people in the audience uh, today that we're super excited about. Yeah. But uh, we have a panel here, if you haven't noticed. Yes, we have friends. We have friends, and we didn't I'm have to pay them. <laughs> That's when you know you have real friends. Right. But uh, we're super excited to have a conversation today about creativity as yeah. it pertains to our faith, um, and even within the context of the church, and even in our city. And so I'm super pumped, and uh, I want to go ahead and start off with this side. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves, tell us who you are, and what what do you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Jean-Luc Schlegel. I am the creative director for a boutique ad agency here in Bakersfield called Scope Studios. Um, I'm also the full-time uh, talent manager for my dog, who's an Instagram influencer. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah, that takes up a lot of my time. Man, I didn't know that about you. Like, mind blown. Like, that would have been the reason I had you here in the first place. We're, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Good to have you. Good to have you. My name is Jake Heath, and I'm the communications director at Valley Baptist Church here in Bakersfield. And my wife and I also build a really small company um, called Solix Creative. And we basically, right now, we just do a lot of video content photography for small businesses and just families here in town. And our hope is to slowly build that into more of a communication strategy and that sort of thing in time. That's awesome. Have you ever taken photos of his dog, though? Nice. Yeah, we need to work something out. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Good to have you. Good to have you. Hello, I am Ruby Z. Um, I am a wedding photographer in Bakersfield, but also travel a lot of places in California and um, out of the state. That's right, and then out of the country soon. Out of right. the country. Right. Well, I right. have done that. Yeah, worldwide. Oh, there we go. Well, Mexico. But. Oh, okay. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, my name is Joseph Guerrero. I um, am a co-owner of a company here, a small business in Bakersfield. Uh, we're a print company. We specialize in um, screen printing and embroidery. Uh, but just in the last couple of years, we've, we've seen a lot of growth, uh, especially with a lot of creatives in Bakersfield. Um, and so we've been, um, we just continue to expand our services and we print pretty much everything at this wow. point. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Th thanks for the jackets. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Collective jackets? Yeah. That That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Joe. Uh, J.C. Mejia, Senior Associate Pastor at Viva Church, I'm also a songwriter, and make music, and anything that needs to be done. That's awesome. Yeah. And you just released a new album. Yeah, in Spanish. Ooh, in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. ¿Cómo se llama? Promesas. Wow. And he speaks Spanish. I like that. I like that. Man, well, I, I just feel humbled to be uh, sitting in this room, what I feel is a, a room full of greatness and yeah. what you guys contribute to the kingdom, what you contribute contribute to the fabric of the city, yeah. uh, to the church, and, uh, and to the lives of people that you serve. 
And uh, what, what everything that you guys do requires some level of creativity. Now, I hate it when people say I'm just not creative. I'm just not, I feel like when people say I'm just not creative, it's because they feel like they can't draw or something like that. Like stick figures right. as far right. as they go, <laughs> and they use that as a metric system to determine their level of creativity, which is kind of counter to what even Erwin uh, McManus would say, which is we're all creative. It's just in different yes. ways. Yes. So first of all, if you if you feel like you're not creative, you need to stop speaking that in your life. You it's are. In you. It's in you. It's yeah. in you. But all of you, to some extent, have to think creatively. Now, I would love to hear, where do you draw your creativity from to be able to do the day-to-day -day, uh, uh, ministry or jobs that you guys do? Hmm. You have to buzz in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for us, we're, we're constantly seeing um, different print come across, you know, from all walks of life and businesses. And so, for us, um, we, when we started our company, really wanted to... Um, bring in people that didn't think like us. So there isn't anyone else in the company that thinks like I do or has ideas like I do. So as we build our team, we keep doing that. So then when we come together is when we can really bounce ideas off each other and come up with something creative. Um, or we'll bring in an outside source sometimes and ask questions or bring in other creatives that say, hey, this is what I think is, is trending. This is what I think is popular. And, and so... Um, so yeah, so as a team, collaboratively, that's how we come up with our ideas. So, yeah, so interesting. Now, you're saying that creativity comes from collaboration, Absolutely. not isolation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So collaboration, Absolutely. not isolation. Absolutely. I mean, there's moments when you're in the lab with a pin in the pad, as the yes. great apostle Dre said, but um, <laughs> also those moments when you collaborate. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? I think a need. You know, mm -hmm. this yeah. is probably my, my greatest source of inspiration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I see that there's a need and I need to come up with a solution, mm -hmm. then um, I just try to fill that need. So need, and then I would also couple that with limitations. I think limitations mm -hmm. oh, are a great yes. source That's of really creativity good. because the lesser you have, the more you have to do something with what you do have. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So That's need powerful. and limitation. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. I think, too, you can't, Jake has a great book on the table here. You can't underestimate uh, the idea of theft. And I think mm. a, a lot of great art is theft from another place. Mm. And um, I mean, even scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. That's right, yeah. right. And I think um, what great artists are able to do, not that I would like put myself in that category, but hopefully what you can do is like take an idea that already exists and transport it either somewhere different or bring it to a new audience. Um, mm. And that alone kind of makes it a creative thing. Wow. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything about that. 100%, like, yeah. man. This, so this is a really awesome book called Steal Like an Artist. <laughs> and for church One people, we don't too. steal. But <laughs> Austin Cleon, it licensed. Yeah, yeah, so, but his whole premise is basically... Uh, stealing from one person, we call that plagiarism, but stealing from many, we call that inspiration. Right. And his whole, his whole idea is that um, it's okay, like basically right. giving license to uh, draw inspiration from all kinds of eclectic and diverse sort of creatives right. and, uh, and then honor them. You know, I think that's the key in, yes, in all right. this that's is, yeah. you know, to honor mm -hmm. your sources, you know, and celebrate the, the people that you're borrowing from, right. so to speak, you know. Well, if you didn't honor, wouldn't that be more like stealing? And Absolutely. Honor, yeah. borrowing? Yeah, I think right. so. It's just yeah. simple regurgitation that I think it's theft. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think great artists are often able to, um, like, transport it or change it or do something that makes it new. Yeah. Either brings it to a new audience or changes it enough that... Um, the piece of work has new life. Wow. There's, he has um, a really cool thought in this book too. Of, uh, you, you kind of, if you approach 
you have to approach creativity with humility for real. Um, and I kind of, I think like when I was younger, you, everybody wants to like make a name for themselves, so to speak. And like be an OG, whatever that means. And like, really like as a, as a believer, the only OG is God. Like he's the creator. Right. So we're just recreating and repurposing, you know, everything that we do. Right. And, um, I think, but there's a, there's another side of it too, where, I kind of see myself, you could see yourself as just a blip in this long lineage of creators that's come, that have come before you. Right. Um, that's humbling, you right. know, yeah. and it takes the, uh, takes the pressure off being right. original all right. the time, right. you know, right. um, that you're, you're just contributing to this bigger conglomerate of ideas and creativity. Right. You know, um, I think that's where you want to position yourself versus always fighting to be original, always trying to be... And I think people who are, like, seen as original, even, you know, as filmmakers or artists, like, often they're really not original. They just have sources that you probably don't follow or know about, you know? (laughs) Everybody pull out your phones and let's look at the followers. (laughs) No, that's awesome. And I feel like this is piecing together very beautifully. But now, what about you? For me, um, I'm actually really inspired by spaces and... Mm -hmm locations and atmosphere so like I'm really moved by atmosphere so um, you know Bakersfield sometimes can be a little bit limited or very um, like here kind of safe Um, so I always used to just kind of go to locations like Los Angeles and I visited New York and places like that that just kind of like just give me a little perspective of what's out there and the possibilities and people that are kind of um, being like forerunners, you know, in the creative world. And then if I could just get a little bit of that, um, I I, I love being in Bakersfield because I feel like there's just such home and roots and like um, humility here and great people with great hearts to serve and be kind and loving. Um, but then you get that creative aspect from like go-getters and people who are a little more aggressive. Um, it actually inspires me. Like places like that kind of feel like when you're at the gym. Some people hate it. Some people like it. Yeah. Like being in that atmosphere of like people that are pumped up and like ready to get something. Um, that's how Los Angeles and these bigger cities feel like for me. And I draw from that. Now, that's awesome. I feel like everything yeah. you guys have said, like, I feel like it's like a puzzle. So, so you draw inspiration from collaboration. Yeah. You draw inspiration from need. You draw inspiration from theft. No, <laughs> and, and kind of, you kind of said the same thing. Yes. And then you draw inspiration from location. Collaboration, need, borrowing, location. If that's how creativity is inspired, do you think that the church, especially in our city or the church in general, reflects that? Because if that's how creates, creatives create, sometimes it seems like churches are shilohs more than coming together and collaborating for the sake of creativity. I'm just saying, based on what you guys have have kind of, and I'm just throwing that out there, it's kind of like, I don't know. We get caught up in trying to make everything our own when it comes to the church world, where it's, it's, we don't want to admit that we need to borrow ideas or that we need to draw inspiration from other avenues. And we, I think, spend so much wasted energy and time on this being our identity and nobody else's celebrating other creatives and and the forces and the people behind the creativity in the church because we know it's not just one person driving the bus, it's many. Mm. Um, And so how would you speak into that as far as us being in that current culture and that current setting? Mm. For me, I think, honestly, I've grown a little bit of a frustration about this particular topic because I do hear 
you know, like we are the, you know, we're the church, we're supposed to be like the body and everybody a working part of that body. And sometimes it just feels like we're saying that, but we're really not <laughs> doing that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so can, uh, for me, I, I like to think of the church sometimes, and, and this is like so against like church culture, mm-hmm. like nobody likes to think of it like this, is like a business mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And, or an organization and not every business, like you can have the same business, for example, how many photographers are there? Tons. But we can all be different sure. and serve different people, and different people need to come to different photographers. Sure. Well, if we got to the mindset that all of these churches are serving different people, we can serve a wider sure. range of the community if we just honored like who we were in our sure. space sure. and then um, joined together. Yeah. Wow. That's good. The body of Christ is like big and diverse <clears throat> and beautiful. And I think there's something right. for everyone. And I think um, typically to kind of go back to that whole body metaphor that scripture lays out is um, it's like one thing to talk about on paper, but then it's another thing to like actually honor someone's giftings who are different than you, yeah. Yeah, like in right. real life. Um, but I think one of the cool things about like not having a vocational ministry job too mm-hmm. is that. Um, you can kind of test your ideas out in yeah. real mm-hmm. real life, so yeah. to speak, Outside to life. see if they work. Mm-hmm. And that's been something that I've really enjoyed doing, like like using these ideas in business for real companies yes. and getting paid to do it, and then taking that concept or taking that yes. idea and then exporting it back to mm-hmm. church that's you know, right. yeah. as a volunteer. Oh, I think it's really it. powerful. I will say, too, this man is a bridge builder mm-hmm. in churches. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't say that, but... Um, our relationship started in church, and we go to different churches, different cultures, different. You guys go to different churches. Yeah, we yeah. don't have to. Be <laughs> so, but like he he reached, and uh, the, you know, I think that's that's where it starts is in that learning from each other. Because I think it's cool. Like I'm not against uh, multiple churches. I think it's necessary to have yes, different sure. churches. Exactly what Ruby said that different cultures serve different people well. You know, so I think that's important. But. I think that it's important to reach and to learn from each other, you know, and um, I think it just starts with a phone call of, hey, I've been watching what you're doing. I love it so much. And can we get coffee and just talk about what that means, you know? Um, So anyway. Now, this is all good. I I, want to talk about this in particular because I know there's people that are watching um, and we get people that watch literally from all over the place. And um, not everybody is watching from L.A., New York, Milan, Miami. And, you know, I don't know Milan in there. I guess it's Paris fashion. And so, uh, but, you know, a lot of people are are in smaller cities or cities that aren't as big. And oftentimes these cities get deemed as not being creative cities or cities that are full of creatives, which is ironic because then you go to L.A. and it's full of creatives, not realizing that all of them moved from cities like this. To LA, and and Bakersfield is catching a lot of uh, people's attention. I mean, I'm I'm big on the Washington Post did an article about Bakersfield, calling it the new cowboy cocktail, Mm -hmm. talking about millennials moving here, they can afford uh, homes and et cetera, et cetera. But you're seeing a shift take place in in our city, and and here's what I've I've known. I'm not from Bakersfield. I'm from LA. I love Bakersfield. I've really come. I I even bought a house, so people would stop asking me when I'm moving. And so, um, (laughs) real expensive decision to make just for that, right? But I believe, just from my observation, just like from a Nehemiah perspective, that the city for so long has celebrated what's good and not what's great. Mm-hmm. And so for so long, yes. people have gotten by being yes. mediocre, and That's mediocrity it. was celebrated, and that was the bar. And if you tried to accelerate or go above that bar, you were kind of like, it's a little too edgy, you're pushing right, it. Yes. 
But I feel like the bar is going a little bit higher now. And I feel like people in the city who are creatives are kind of starting to say, yeah, I, I know you set that those limitations, but I'm not good with that. I want to go. And so what you're seeing, and I'm just saying, instead of people moving out of Bakersfield when they go to college, now they're moving back in right. and they're bringing that with them. Yes. So there is a shift in the fabric of our city. Do you guys see that shift? And how does it um, speak to uh, creatives? Right. I think there's, there's so much opportunity here right now in so many ways. It feels like, like Bakersfield is almost a, a city in its adolescence that it's mm -hmm. kind of starting That's to come good. into its own. And um, I think what's cool and what's different about um, Kern County and Bakersfield versus L.A., is just the level of saturation. Like mm -hmm. you go to LA to be a, I mean, a really niche like illustrator of you know flannel things, and there's like two thousand of them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then in a in a place like Bakersfield, you could be like the only person doing it, and there's mm -hmm. going to be need for it here. So I think there's there's so much opportunity. And what's different, I think, now versus maybe five years ago, ten years ago, is that people are actually responding to it. Like I think if you maybe would have like pitched Cafe Smitten, for example, five years ago. Um, people would have been like, ah, it's not gonna, it's not it's gonna take off, but it's like, it's the it spot. Yeah. And the people in the community, campus. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> people are responding to yes, it. I yeah. think that's one of the big things that's changed recently. Wow. I'd speak to, a, you, you mentioned like, what would you say to a creative or someone that's living in a small town? Mm. Don't mistake your living in a small town as like a liability or hindrance. Mm. That's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, right. You're a, you're a big fish in a little pond, so to speak. You know, yeah. and um, so I would I wouldn't you know downplay that. Capitalize on that and go out and shake things up and do cool stuff and do it well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people notice yeah. quickly in a small town versus yeah. if you're in a big city. Yeah, as John Luke was saying, you're you're just swimming in people that can do it. Yeah just as good or better than you, you know? So anyway. Wow, that's good. Does anybody else want to speak on that? I feel like you're ready to jump out of your seat. <laughs> yeah. ready to jump out of your seat. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what this means for anybody, but I think, I think that if you are in an emerging market where there's not much competition, so to speak, um, it can become real easy to become complacent yeah. because you're just bringing something that somebody else sure. is not doing. Sure. And uh, I think that that's gonna cause those who have been forerunners to become slightly insecure. Hmm. And so I just want to speak into that insecurity for just a moment. It might yeah. be the only thing I say today and then this is, this is it, is that you have, to, you have to move forward and be brave. You're gonna to have to be brave in being original. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talked about stealing and whatnot, but I, I do believe that God is looking to, to get people to move out of complacency and mm. get under the divine presence of God mm. to get something so fresh and unique for the need that's, that's mm. in front of us. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes, Imitation becomes a cloak for our insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so if you reject what I have imitated, then I'm okay with that because it wasn't me. Wow. Right. But when it was birthed from you mm. and you're putting yourself oh, yeah. out there on the line, then that's scary. And I think that's what we and do see in metropolitan yeah. cities. Mm -hmm. We see people that really put themselves out there right. to do something that no one else had ever done before. And they yeah. sounded like this. They found their voice. Yeah. They found their craft. They didn't just use an Instagram filter like mm -hmm. everyone else. They said, no, this, this is really coming from, from, from the essence paper. of who I yeah. am. And this yeah. is coming from who God is and what God is trying to do through my yeah. life. Right. And so I think that prophetically, perhaps for this area, for those who are creatives, you can be lazy in, 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 in relaxing yeah. mm -hmm. in the emerging market, in the open market. 
And as people are navigating and, and coming home or moving to a place that's more affordable like Kern County, um, we're gonna find that there's, a, there's gonna be a need and maybe perhaps we can do this um, intentionally yeah. now to start getting something fresh from God. Yeah. And do not be afraid to be alone moving into the future and right. saying, I might be alone in doing something like this, but it's okay, I have to learn how to be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. I think that's really good. Ooh. I mean, uh, just even us starting this pop-up podcast. Like, yeah, I don't right. know of anybody that's done a pop-up podcast in Bakersfield, and we took a, a big risk. We take a risk every time we do it. We invest mm -hmm. our time, our talent, and our treasure to step out and say, let's just be original. Let's even bring people in a room and have a conversation. So yeah. I completely get you with yeah, that. And, and, and it is scary. Yeah. And here's what I wanted to – this is kind of – you guys are all just piecing beautifully. I love this. Right. I, and so, once again, I didn't pay him to say any of this. So <laughs> we didn't pay you at all. Bless God. And so you, you talked about <laughs> Bakersfield – Kind of being this humble place and this, 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 like, you know, not a lot of people might be doing what you're doing and it gives you that space to really thrive. Is it, is it easy to go from a place of humility to a place of pride because of that? Kind of like the Von Dutch syndrome, like we're going to make this one thing, we're just going to do it, we're going to crush it, we're going to kill it and we're never going to change. Nobody's doing it. And then the company just collapsed and folded. Yeah. Creative fashion company. And so... Is, is, do you think that there's space for pride amongst creatives and amongst churches because we're the only ones yes. doing this? Absolutely. And instead of saying, hey, we're the only ones doing this, but we want to bring you on the journey yeah. too. We want to bring yeah. you on the journey yeah. too. Don't steal on it, but we're going to bring you on the journey yeah. too. Does that make sense? Is, yeah. is there room for that? Do you think, is there a possibility yeah. of that happening? Or is that already I think, happening? I honestly, like even just in my own creative journey, I, I feel like I have to submit myself to God constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, watch, like, search my heart, you know, like, yeah. am I okay? Is this still honoring you? Is this, you know, because it is such an easy transition, like, just as human beings, like, being in a place when you get told you're killing it, you're doing so good, like, quite often, it can, it can really get to you, and you have to, like, really be careful, and when it comes to church, and this is what, what people think that serving in church is, um, kind of give, I don't know, like, I feel like pe that's even scarier. For me, it's such a more sensitive area when you're serving in church and you're excelling and you're doing so great and then now you're getting told you're great and you're killing it um, to then take that on as if you are doing that. You know, yeah. like it, it happens so quickly and you see people and great men of God and great women of God fall quite often because of that. Yeah, yeah because of that. They, wow. I think that there's, you, we've probably, you guys probably heard the line that um, confidence doesn't always equal pride. You know, yeah. there's a difference between being confident yes, in what you do, right. standing in what you do, and being prideful and arrogant in it, you know? Yes. And I think the fundamental difference is when you discover that you're great at something, uh, you use that greatness for others, mm. not for yourself. Yes. And I think as soon That's as it good. becomes about Say that you, again. Yeah. 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 As, yeah. As soon as that greatness becomes about you and that can happen, probably will happen at times. That's I found in my own life. That's when my craft starts to crumble and my brand starts to crumble. Like that's that's when it all starts shutting down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we actually we just had someone come and speak um, at a staff retreat at our church, and he gave you know you know that that verse where it says God opposes the proud. Mm -hmm. I've always thought of that as man. If I if I let go or if I become prideful, God's going to just like take His blessing off of me. Right. Mm -hmm. um, th that's horrible in itself. 
But this guy uh, who came and spoke to our, our church this past week, he said it's literally as if God, he is actively opposing you. He is unleashing his like wrath and like, uh, you know, hindrance on your life whenever you're proud. So it's this active pursuing of God Almighty on your life. You know, that's terrifying. So anyway, I think that you can be confident and stand in what you're doing, stand in the gifts that God has given you um, and use those for others. As soon as it becomes about you, yeah, you're, you're done. That's really I think, go ahead. No, since I was just thinking about what you're saying right now. And um, it's crazy because the, I mean, the, the biggest time of creation was is that creation, you know, when God created everything. I mean, and um, and set the ball rolling, and and so and, and obviously today we're pulling from all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's crazy because we talk about the seven days, you know, when everything's created. He created in six. On the seventh, he rested. We don't talk about the eighth day. And so you you look in the Bible and you're like, where is he on the eighth day, right? And he's right stepping into creation. Mm-hmm. So now he created. Now he's stepping into it. You know, mm-hmm. he's. He's not concerned with getting his hands dirty. He's right, right there in the garden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I like what you said about creating for others, because if you think about it, when he's finished, he says, uh, he says it is good, right? Yeah. But he wasn't saying it was good because it was for him. Everything he does is good. He says it was good because he had made it for somebody else. Wow. It was good for man. That's good. Wow. And so if we're willing to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out. I'm going to be creative regardless. I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to, I'm going to put in the hard work. I'm going to step into my own creation and see it all the way through. And regardless if we, it's on the gram, regardless, if we're willing to do that, I think then that's, that's someone being successful in their gifts, someone successful and being creative, regardless of what the other people say. And, and he modeled that, yeah. you know. And then he goes as far as saying, okay, I'm done. And now he puts somebody else in charge. And you're like, right. wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So he created yeah. and he actually said, I don't have to get, I did everything, but you know what? Adam, get to work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's wow. beautiful. And wow. Yeah. That's good. And, but if it didn't show up on the gram, it never happened. <laughs> it's exactly. So, yeah. 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 This yeah. never happened if you didn't put it on your gram. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you do Insta story because it'll race in 24 hours. Hey, but uh, here's, a qu- here's, a, here's a question. Come on, we speak in a culture. And uh, here's a question. Should the church play off the current culture or develop its own? Should the church I, play I have off? A, I have a running theory about this, and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts too. Okay. Um, I, I kind of process this on two levels. Um, I think you have um, the aesthetic of the thing and then the core of the thing. Oh, and yeah, I think church right. often confuses the two. Mm-hmm. And a couple of us are musicians, oh, so um, yes. something that comes up often is like, People may be preferring one style of music to another, uh, preferring hymns, maybe an older crowd preferring like hymns to a modern sound. And I think um, even in like preaching, it's really easy to confuse like the aesthetic of the thing, right? The tone of the preaching, um, the timbre of the music, the style of the song. It's really easy to confuse that with the message of the song that itself. And I think... um, each generation of believers kind of has the duty to continue the the core of the thing, right? Like we can't walk away from the core of the gospel, but um, aesthetics are going to change. Like they're so much different now than a thousand years ago, like way different, you know? So I think I, to me, it's not even a conversation like the aesthetics, the like culture, how we sing, what instruments we play, how we talk, like, 
it's going to change. In mm -hmm. 50 years, it may be unrecognizable from where we are now. But if the core of like the gospel message is there, I think, yeah, we're fine. But a lot of people seem to me to still get hung up on like, I don't like the way this particular thing was done or that was said or this was um, displayed or whatever. And it's like, man, it, that's just such a surface level mm -hmm. idea. Like the core of the gospel is still there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyone want to? I think it, what, what we see in our industry, and um, I'm not speaking to our clients right now, but what we see in the industry is people tend to, because we all are creative, right? We are created by God in his image, and he's the creator of all things. So mm -hmm. we have that within us. Um, but I think sometimes we can be creative for the sake of creativity, just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. No purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. Just a, I see it daily. Someone might come in and say, hey, get this really cool idea. And I'm like, that's a really cool idea, but what Why? is it? Does it serve any ultimate Why? purpose? And I think... Yeah. I, I think from our standpoint, because we service churches from all denominations and all over the place, yeah. that sometimes we see that even in the church, that mm -hmm. they'll just be creative to be the first to do yeah. something, to be the mm -hmm. forefront. The first Ooh, and as soon that. as you start yeah. to say, I'm doing this for any other reason, then it's, it's, it's very bad. It can be very bad. And I don't mean very bad in the sense that it's going to hurt the church. But man, we could spend, like you said, there's so much time and energy spent on just trying to be the most creative or the first person to put something out that in the end, you're really just spinning your wheels on just trying to be creative yeah. and not for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because when God created, it was for a purpose. Yes. And we should be doing the same thing as a church. So and, and we're going to be wrapping up here in a, in a, in a few uh, hours, not in a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's interesting what I'm hearing and I'm, and I'm processing, and we have questions here, but I asked a question about culture and the church. Should the church play off the present culture? Should the church create its own culture? And I think that the issue, and I could be wrong, the issue, speaking to this, and I'm okay if you object to this, is the issue that the church is fighting culture or that the church is fighting preference? Hmm. Preference and culture, is that the same thing, or are they different? I prefer this, oh, or I would prefer that, or I would prefer this. Is it, is it we're really and then not wanting to try new things? Is it because we don't want to embrace culture, or is it because we're stuck on our preference? Does that I, make sense? I think it's, it's, it's important for leadership to make that distinction. Because you can approach a decision and, and think, be thinking of it maybe as some like deeper issue with the culture, right? Like what, what I said was that like base layer, when in reality it's like we're talking about changing a font here. Yes. You know, this That's isn't right. like... We're changing papyrus? Yeah, yeah. this yeah. isn't like no, bandwagoning on, on you know, millennial-like um, right. like doctrine, you know? Yeah. yeah, so I think it's important to make that distinction between the two things, right? Between like, culture and preference? Well, I think, yeah, culture has those layers and preference is just the top layer yeah. in mm -hmm. my mind. I think, I think culture is a kingdom thing. I think preference is an identity thing. Mm. And if identity is not grounded, then we're going to lean into our preferences because that's something that we feel comfortable that's in. That's interesting. Mm. You know? And mm. so I, I think that if we're insecure, once again, and if our identity is not rooted, then we're going to stay in the thing that we feel most comfortable with mm. rather than the thing that God is really right. speaking for us to right. do and to be and to express mm. in that current season because his heart is people. I like that. I think right now, like what I'm seeing happening in the churches as like as churches are picking up this new culture, like some of them, it's fitting like a glove, right? 
So um, because it's it fits them and their voice and that that space. And so other churches are seeing that it's working for them. Mm-hmm. And then they go, right. oh, let's implement that right. or let's do that. And and then it just does not fit right. the yes. culture or the community. And it's like, it like don't do that. Yeah. That kind of goes back to what you were saying about like creating for a purpose right. versus just like creating to create. And I think That's you're right, right that a lot yeah, of people like, like adopt adopt a, pr- a practice or a preference or an aesthetic yes. without having a reason to do so. It doesn't like actually. Reflect I believe their that there's a modern day culture way of doing you as a church like you do have to get with the program of the change that's happening because um you know like we're supposed to be I believe like this is going to sound really bad but I believe that the church is supposed to be the trendsetter oh my gosh that was so bad (laughs) (laughs) I know I, I do believe that we are supposed to like we're supposed to download from the ultimate creator right. and be a step ahead yeah. and why is it that like the world and the culture is more exciting and thrilling and we can't adapt those things in the house of God when he is like the ultimate creator you know wow. because it's and, safe yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just we can we can just it worked and so we're sure <laughs> yeah. that it's going to work and we want a guarantee and yeah. it's sad because we're losing like you know, like these pastors that sometimes that are so adamant and not changing, they don't realize they're affecting their kids and their sure. grandkids. And by right. not willing to shift in the time that God is saying shift, right. Right. that's the problem. Like, I think that people like are hearing and right. sensing and then they're going, no, mm. no, no, you know, instead of going shift, let's right. shift. Right. Yeah. And it's hard. I, I, it's hard. I, I literally have two more questions and then we're going to end this and I can keep going forever, but I don't want any of our um, audience to fall asleep. And so um, <laughs> that'd be my newborn. And um, <laughs> do you think, and it's interesting because I want to be careful here. Your company is very big on creating and being contextual, contextualizing sure. what yeah. you create for that specific organization. And you hear that word contextualize a lot. You need, when you create, you need to do contextualize, right? But could that word sometimes, and not to what you do, but could that word sometimes be an enemy to the church? Especially if God is trying to shift the culture, if God is trying to shift stuff. Well, we can't do that because we have to contextualize for our people. We have to contextualize for our city. Do you think that word contextualize can sometimes be a bad word within the context of creativity? I think it depends on, on whatever the function God wants you to be. If you're contextual, then you're relevant. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you're prophetic, you might be different. I, I just don't see, I don't know, I feel like people kind of get a little um, sensitive around like contextualization and I, dude, I read, I read through the Gospels, and I see Jesus talking kingdom principles in language that people can understand, yeah. and he's giving them agricultural metaphors because that's what they can understand. And it's like, to think that somehow the point of Jesus talking about those things is for us to use those same agricultural metaphors, I think is like missing the point. That might work in Bakersfield, though. But like, his whole thing was that's all good. contextualizing yeah. kingdom Two people in language that they could understand. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah like Paul Mar Hills. Yeah. Same right. thing. Now, this would be the, the last question. And, uh, honey, I, I think you should ask this question right okay. here. Okay. What would you say to encourage anyone watching or listening that may not be in the big city but is creative? That person that could be watching that is saying, that sounds great, but you're all super creative. How, how do I make what I'm dreaming up or what God is inspiring me to do happen where I'm at. And we'll start with you and then we'll end with you, John. 
That's that's kind of a loaded question. Yeah, we don't got loaded time. So I mean, yeah. go, going back to going back to context, just serve your start by serving your context. Yeah. Yes, and um, that might be by you doing something that reaches the status quo, mm -hmm. or it might be something that God is calling you to do that's different. And whatever it is that God has called you to do, be strong in your identity and just mm -hmm. do it with all your heart. That's, yeah. that's what the Bible tells us: do it with all your might, all your heart, and don't chicken out. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Yeah, I would say um, the biggest thing is is finding out really where you want to be. So um, if it's it's within a church setting, if it's you know public setting, wherever, and I say give yourself over to that. Walk in somewhere um, that you really want to work and say, "Hey, I'll do it for free." You right. know, yes. and you don't see a lot of people doing that. I have a lot of people walk in and say, "How much will you pay me to do this?" But Man, be different. Just walk in and say, hey, and then immerse yourself in that industry, in that, in that um, um, whatever it is that you want to do. And I guarantee you, you're going to find, you'll be able to at least fine-tune, get to the next level, and then really see if that's something that you want to do for the rest of your life or for that, or if it's just seasonal. And so, um, but give yourself over to it. And... Um, we all want to make a paycheck, but man, do it for free. Yes, it's huge. And, uh, and you'll have less no's, I guarantee say, you. Say that again. Do yeah. it for <laughs> free. Then get paid later. <laughs> then get paid later. Yeah. All right. I believe in that too. Um, for me, I'm specifically speaking to the one that feels like they don't necessarily fit in. in I guess in the culture and regular like life and then in the church. Like there's just uh, this like struggle. So I'm speaking to you and I just say, um, just trust God and move forward and submit yourself to him daily. Um, and then trust the journey. So mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Don't cheat the journey. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. I would say we talked about it earlier, but don't mistake your location um, being in a small town as a liability, that's an opportunity, oh. you know? Um, and like practically, uh, Ruby just touched on this, but every one of us up here have insecurities and fears and uh, the people that take a risk and step out and be vulnerable and put their, their selves on the line, um, sometimes they fail. Yes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they actually succeed. Um, I'm sure this this panel is full of all kinds of failure. I know I got a ton of it in my life. If you could like try to figure out how to um, embrace failure yeah. and almost right. even yes. look forward to failure, because yeah. that's as as a a time to get better, as a time to reflect and say, okay, that was that was. I'm not going to do that again kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think that's helpful to embrace that. Embrace rejection. And not everybody's going to want your product. Not everybody's going to want your stuff. And that's okay. You just yeah. keep hustling. Yeah. Um, there's a guy that I follow. His name's Kerry Newhoff. And he has an awesome podcast um, on leadership and church stuff. And he just posted this random story the other day. Um, he's specifically talking to Gen Z and millennials. And he's like, how could we, uh, basically the question was, how can we show our older generations that we're worth something, that we um, have something to contribute and that we can lead? And he slammed, if I could tattoo this on myself, this is what it'd be. <laughs> we know a guy, we could go right down. <laughs> <laughs> he said, be ridiculously good at what you do, show humility, Ask questions. I think those are paired together. Be humble. Ask questions. Yes. Um, he said, "Don't miss deadlines. Mm. Make yes, your promises. Don't right. you know? Don't miss deadlines." 
and lastly, just hustle. hustle. And don't worry about what people are thinking about you or uh, bad press or whatever those things may come. Mm. Just hustle. That's Put good. your head down and hustle. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's really wow. Good. That's good. Thank you. I helped Carrie put that podcast together, by the way. Wow. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, talk, we'll talk about that later. Okay, just kidding. I did it. Um, yeah, I think if you're if you're a, like a budding creative and you're looking for uh, space, I think it's so important, um, like Ruby said, to trust the journey and to spend that time honing your craft so yes. that you can um, get invited to the table um, where those decisions are ultimately mm. made. And I think for me, the church has been such a great place to explore those giftings that God has given me. And I, I think there's not a church in the country that doesn't need a graphic for a youth group thing. And there are so many opportunities in the church to like explore and hone your giftings. Um, and I think that's the start. Find a space where you can practice your gift and then hone it so that you can be invited to the table. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that was good, guys. Well, thank you so much. I feel like we could go on for so much longer, but we can't. And it's right. time. Uh, really quick, uh, Ashton, I want to thank you guys yes. so much for being on this Thanks episode. So much wisdom. Uh, so much wisdom. And we appreciate having you guys in our lives. And I think God is doing something great in our city, in our churches, and in our industries. Yes. Amen. And so thank you for everybody that came and be a part of this. We appreciate thank you guys. You. And also, for everybody watching and listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Once yeah. again, we ask that you like, comment, subscribe, and share all at the same time yes. while <laughs> juggling. Just kidding. <laughs> but, hey, we thank you uh, for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.